0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Now, I'm sure that there are some gathered here today who have played the game Flashlight Tag. Yeah? Have you played that before? For those of you who haven't, it's it's basically a game of hide and seek that's played in the dark. The person who is it has a flashlight, and everyone else hides, hides in the darkness. Now, what makes this game different than regular old hide and seek is that the light needs to, to shine on you, and you need to be called by name for you to actually be found. So I would say, Sybil, I find you, and you would be found. It's a fun game to play with light in the dark. But you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, let's be honest with ourselves we play some hide-and-seek games in the dark with ourselves, don't we? Now, you might not have played flashlight tag, but you have played at hiding in the darkness. You have those thoughts and those deeds that you have done, that you have tried to keep hidden from others. Those thoughts and those deeds that you think that maybe, perhaps, you can hide from God. There is the false belief that you sometimes buy into that that if no one sees what you do, well, somehow you're going to get away with it. And if it's not a public sin, well, then no one's going to find out. We don't want to believe the truth that is revealed in the Scriptures that all things are actually going to be exposed. No, we'd rather play our games thinking that the darkness will hide us from ourselves and from others, from God. It's a game that's as old as time, right? Adam and Eve, when tempted by Satan, they sinned and they tried to hide. They tried to cover up their sin and shame with the leaves of the trees that they found around them. And then they tried to hide from God, their creator. What a silly and sad game to play. Imagine, though, for a moment, if they had actually pulled that off. If they actually succeeded in hiding their sin and their shame from each other and from God. There's been a number of, of different television shows that feature a storyline where there's a kid who goes hiding, playing hide-and-seek, and then they're not found, right? Either their hiding spot was so good, or the people who, are there, who they're playing with just went home, or the person who was it just stopped searching because they got distracted by, by something or someone else. If you watch Bluey, you know what I'm talking about. What would that feel like? What would it feel like if you were hiding and no one found you? No one came looking for you. Would you congratulate yourself for a good hiding place? Well, maybe initially you would. But as time passed, would you grow concerned? Disheartened? Would you feel forgotten or abandoned? Would fear eventually set in? Put that in context with trying to hide. Uh, hide our sin. Would there be pride that you got away with it? Well, maybe at first. What about concern? What about fear? What about the feelings that you were forgotten? Now, thanks be to God that Adam and Eve didn't remain in hiding. The Lord sought out Adam and Eve. And the light of his word it, it it cleaved the darkness, it illuminated their sin, and he called out to them by name. They were hiding in fig leaves, trying to cover themselves, but the Lord found them. Truly he knew where they were even before he was seeking them out, but but he sought them out nonetheless. See, he didn't leave them hiding in their sin and their shame. He didn't leave them in the pride of their sin. He didn't forget them. He found them. And he restored them. See, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. God does not change, He continues to seek out the lost. The light of His word shines in the darkness. Christ Jesus is the light of the world and he has come to seek and to save the lost he comes to call people out of sin and brings them into his light today as he did from the very beginning we have Jesus words recorded for us in Matthew chapter 5 where he said do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them Now, Lutheran Christians have come to know this truth about God's Word, namely, that God's Word comes to us in both law and gospel. God's Word of law reveals what God demands. These are His expectations for His creation. It's often summarized in live in faith to God, live in love for your neighbor. The Ten Commandments flesh that out, and it's a little more explicit concerning what living in faith to God looks like and what living in love for your neighbor looks like. It's the moral law. It's God's law. It's good. The thing is, when you and I hear God's law, it's like a spotlight shining on us. This little light doesn't do justice. And the thing about the law is that it always accuses It always shows you your sin. It doesn't let you hide in the darkness. See, once you hear that you shall not murder, commit adultery, lie and slander, covet or dishonor, well then the light of God has shone on you and now you know it. And you can't hide anymore. God has found you. That's the function of the law. But God's word also comes to us as gospel. Gospel. The gospel reveals God's steadfast love for us, his mercy and his grace for us. The gospel tells us what God has done for you. The gospel is about God seeking and saving the lost in the person and in the work of Christ Jesus. And I want you to hear this gospel news today. The Lord does, in fact, see you. The Lord has, in fact, found you. The Lord, in fact, calls you out of darkness. And he calls each one of you by name. The light of Christ has shone on you. And instead of leaving you in the darkness, in your fear, in your shame, in your guilt, in your sin, Jesus has found you and he has changed you. says to you, as he did to the disciples and those who heard him in the past, you are the light of the world. You. If you do ever happen to play a flashlight tag, strategy is that you don't ever want to wear anything bright or reflective, right? You wouldn't want to be caught wearing uh, one of those high-vis construction jackets that uh, the road workers uh, are wearing, right? Why? Because those jackets are designed to reflect the light of an oncoming car in your uh, car's headlights so that so the person driving can see the worker. The light from the car reflects the image of the worker in front of you so that you don't hit them if you're driving in the dark. Adam and Eve, they were created in the image and the likeness of God. And one way to think about that is that they were created to reflect or shine God's light back to the rest of creation. God intended for the rest of creation to see a reflection of himself And the way that Adam and Eve conducted themselves, and the way that they loved and served each other, the way that they honored their marriage, the way that they brought new life into the world, the way that they they ordered and cared and tended the earth and provided for the welfare of all. That That was God's intent, to reflect that light back to the rest of creation. And that's what was lost when they chose the darkness of sin and to hide from God. But God doesn't deal with us according to our sin. He shows grace and mercy and forgiveness. God is about restoring that image. First in the Old Testament people of God, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants, the way that they lived was to reflect that image of God to the nations around them. The way that they lived according to the law. The way they followed the moral and the other laws, the ceremonial and civic laws. It was a reflection of who God is and what He desires for His creation. And so the laws, kind of like the, the high-vis construction jacket that they wore to show that they were different from the nations around them. They were God's people. They were following God's law. And the way that they did that made them stand out among the nations. But in trying to do just the outward appearance of the law and not having a change of heart, well, that reflection was imperfect. The darkness of their own sin dimmed the reflection. Their ability to keep the law was was lacking. In fact, by the time you get to to Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were were satisfied with just keeping the external uh, uh, trappings of the law. They had effectively reduced the law into being something that was being performed rather than having it shine the light of the Lord and, and transform the individual. Instead, the law, instead of the law leading you to repentance by showing your sin, it turned into a source of pride if you were able to keep it, and that only led people further into darkness. that's where the light of Christ shines. See, what the Pharisees and the scribes, and anyone else for that matter, was incapable of doing, Jesus himself actually did. For Jesus is the light of the world. He is the source of God's light. Jesus didn't abolish the law. He kept it in himself. He did what the law required. The moral law, the civil law, the ceremonial law, all of it. He kept it perfectly. His, perfect, his perfection in keeping the law illuminated the fact that no one else has even come close to keeping the law. No, the light of Jesus shines. In the written, witness, uh, the eyewitness, written eyewitness accounts of the ministry of Jesus, we see and we hear how Jesus comes not simply to shine the light on our sin and expose it, but how He comes to save us from it. Every sin that He forgave, that he forgave every disease that He healed, every lost person that He found, ultimately led Him to the darkness of that Good Friday. See, when darkness fell over the land, God was dealing with the darkness of our sin, which hung upon his dead and crucified body. The tomb was sealed with the lifeless body of Jesus inside, and it was dark. Those who followed him thought that they were lost, that they were now in their sin, that they were forgotten, and that they were abandoned by the one in whom they had trusted and followed. It was dark. But the darkness has not overcome the light. For the light of Christ's resurrection shines as a beacon from the tomb, announcing uh, death's defeat and the retreat of darkness. The bodily ascension of Jesus into heaven demonstrates the dominion and the authority that the light has over the darkness and the sending of the holy spirit at pentecost brings to light brings that light to bear in the bodies of all believers remember jesus words you are the light of the world and then at pentecost the flames of fire upon the heads of the apostles left them looking like living breathing candles lights to the world From that day until now, and from today until the end of this dark age, the light of Christ will shine. From His holy word, we hear His law and His gospel. Our sin is revealed, and our Savior's salvation shines forth. In holy baptism, the light of Christ calls you by name as one redeemed by Christ the crucified and brought into this family of faith. In the Lord's Supper, the light of Christ shines forgiveness, and it finds our way into our own flesh that our lives would reflect His wherever we may be. In word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit is at work bringing this word and work of Jesus to bear in our lives. You are the light of the world. Well, how? By the work of the Holy Spirit bringing Jesus to you. You're the light of the world only and ever because you are in Christ, the light of the world. His life now shines through you. As you are clothed in Christ's righteousness, you now reflect Christ to those around you. But more than just a simple reflection, as Christ dwells in you, you are, in fact, light. How does the light of Christ shine in your lives? Well, being in the light of Christ in this place is one way, for two reasons at least. One, here you hear and receive Christ in word and sacrament. You are exposed to the light of God's word. You confess your sin. You receive the forgiveness of your sins. And His life, His light, transforms you. And two, your actions speak to those around you. Not only in the fact that you get into your car and you gather here for worship, but through the various activities that take place here. For faith congregation is a light to this community. The light of Christ is transformative. You are the light of the world as Christ the light dwells in you. Your lives, they matter and they have purpose. Your classmates need you to show them forgiveness and love and compassion Your co-workers, they need you to show them honesty and integrity and hard work. Your spouses need you to show them sacrifice and service. Your children need you to show them love and discipline. This world needs the light of Christ as Christ the light dwells in you. And remember the light of Christ will shine to the end of this dark age. Brought up Adam and Eve hiding in the darkness in Genesis chapter 3, the beginning of the Holy Scriptures. You know how uh, the end of Scriptures uh, comes about in Revelation? It's with a picture of the people of God gathered bodily before and with Christ, the light of the world. It's a picture of New Jerusalem which is the church of Christ from every tongue and tribe and nation. And this is what we hear in Revelation 21. And this is what we will see with our own eyes. I saw no temple in the city, for the temple, for its temple is the Lord, uh, Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk and, by, uh, and the kings of the earth uh, will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no darkness of night there. Brothers and sisters in Christ, now is not the time to hide in the darkness of sin and death. Now is the time to repent and to believe, to be the people of God, the people of God who have been called out of our darkness of sin and death and brought into the glorious light of Christ. You all are the light of the world as you are in Christ Jesus. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and then give glory to to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.